what these young bloods have to understand that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. Just attack the basket. What's good, my people? Welcome into Buckets Action Network's NBA Daily Betting Podcast. We're in the workshop. It's Thursday. I am your host, Sean Little. So, of course, I'm with JD, Joe Dallaire, and the newcomer, second week in a row, coming with some more winners, my guy, Jill Gallant. Jill, JD, JD, what's going on, man? Dude, we're, we're chilling. We're hanging out there. Knicks are, Knicks are, they has that tough loss, but, you know, we're still, we're looking good. We're in the playoff picture, so we're happy right now. Jill, how you feeling, big dog? I'm doing great, man. Just in the lab, as they say, you know, just trying to find some <laughs> angles for three-point props and, you know, uh, just watching games where I'm just getting so frustrated with point guard play. It's a classic day of uh, watching the NBA. Well, I, I think that's a sub comment for someone that plays in Los Angeles, but we won't name any names here. Let's get <laughs> to the picks. JD, what are you looking at for the Thursday NBA slate? Dude, I have two plays. I got a side and a prop. And the side, I'm not trying to be a homer here, but we got the Knicks plus four. And for my prop, we're looking at Tyus Jones over 23 and a half points and assists. Jill, what are you looking at? Yeah, Sean, I think I'm going to be taking three-point props again. I've found two players that I love. I am seeing Jaden Ivey. going to look at his over one and a half three-pointers versus Charlotte. And then I'm going to be looking at Buddy Heald. Over three and a half three pointers versus the Rockets at minus 115. All right. And I am looking at the Detroit Pistons, Charlotte Hornets under 234 and a half minus 110 over at our guys at FanDuel. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and on the award winning Action Network app. All right, boys, let's get into the cap. JD, I'm going to start with you first. We record this Wednesday night. The line opens up on the Knicks right before we hop on, and you love it. Talk to me about the Knicks getting some points. Dude, I saw this line pop, and I, like, messaged in our Slack, like, right before I was like, no way. They gave us Knicks plus four. Um, so, I look, I love this bet. The Kings have been, like, the talk of the town, honestly, because – they're, I think they're the second seed right now in the West. So like they, they've continued to push, they've continued to excel, but the Knicks have been, if not like the, just as good, if not better, honestly. And when we look at this over the course of the full season, I know the Knicks just had that really tough loss to the Hornets, but that was like classic, classic letdown game. I think Jay gave out the Hornets on just specifically for that reason here. Yeah. We so, were talking about it. Yeah, like so I know that that was like a big thing. So that was a letdown game. We knew that was going to happen, and I think that's part of what you're getting here. Obviously, Brunson is still questionable at this point in time. We don't know if he's going to play. But like I was saying, on the full season numbers, the Knicks are actually seventh in adjusted net rating, plus 3.1. The Kings are eighth, but it's a pretty decent-sized gap there. They're at plus 1.9. The big thing with the Kings is their offense has been transcendent. They are literally the best offense in the NBA. Knicks are fifth, and the Knicks' defense is not nearly as bad, and it's kind of come 
around. I think that them being ranked 18th in adjusted net uh, defensive rating is a little bit misleading because a lot of that's been without Mitchell Robinson. Now, over the past couple of weeks, obviously we have Mitchell Robinson back and the Knicks are looking uh, like much, much better. They got the 10th best defense over the last two weeks. So additionally, even if we look at short form, the Knicks are six and one. The Kings are also six and one. But when we look at the competition, the Knicks really had to go through the gauntlet, guys. Like they beat the Celtics twice. They beat Miami. They beat Brooklyn, who, you know, they had their like their weird rotations because of the trade deadline. But the Knicks took care of their business handily. Um, both teams beat the Pelicans, but the Kings, they took care of business against the Clippers twice the Blazers and the Oklahoma city thunder, all teams that are kind of like really sitting on the outside of the playoff picture right now, or towards the bottom of the Western conference, the Knicks really played better competition. And even though they had that literally disgusting loss to the Hornets plus four is just insane. I think it's disrespectful, honestly, the Knicks on the road as they start this Western conference road trip. So I love the plus four. Jill, any comments on the New York Knicks getting four in Sacramento? Yeah, I think it's a bit of a bonkers line when you think about how this Kings defense is. I think Joe touched on it, but we were talking about this before we started recording about how the Kings, since the start of February, they are 29th in the NBA in opponent three-point makes and opponent three-point shooting percentage, but they're 10-5 and five in those games, and that's partially because of their offense being so efficient. I think the Knicks defense is going to be able to disrupt that. I think the uh, the Knicks right now, I think they're a live dog in this. I think they could definitely get a, a money line spot here if you're looking at a bet for that angle. Yeah, for I think sure. JD brings up a great point too on Mitchell Robinson since he's come back in the fold. He's been an absolute monster on the glass. He's been a double-double machine. He's been impacting plays across the board, left and right. Defensively, the Brunson thing is a, is a really interesting piece on if he's going to play or not, but yeah, I think it is a bit, a bit misleading. They're going to be ready to go. They, 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 the, the Hornets woke them up a little bit. That was I a agree. beyond classic letdown spot. It was almost an afterthought. Two road games, two big wins. Then it's like, hey, we stop at home. We're in New York. Let's run a couple errands, pack our bags to go back out west again. And they just couldn't get it done. Talk to yeah. me, JD, about Tyus Jones. So as you guys know, John Morant, like we don't need to get into the whole thing about uh, what his personal scenario is, but on the court, the guy that's actually taking care of business for the Memphis Grizzlies is Tyus Jones. We knew he filled in exceptionally last season for John Morant due to injury, variety of different issues, right? Now in the 11 games this season, he's filled in for John Morant. Guy's balling. Like these are starter numbers. He's putting up 19.1 points, 7.6 assists, 3.5 rebounds, and he's got two and a half steals a game, actually. So last game against the Lakers, he had a little bit of a down game. And I think, you know, he still hit his points prop. His points prop was 14 and a half, 15 and a half, depending on where you got it. But he didn't really have any dimes. The thing is, though, his potentials were still there. So I think of this as almost like a little bit of a buy low spot in a pace up game, another pace up game against the Golden State Warriors, who play at a top three pace in the NBA. Um, Curry, decent defender, obviously, but he's back. He's coming off an injury. You wonder if that's going to affect his defense at all. Um, and I think that this is going to be another spot where this line didn't adjust far enough for what Jones is doing. He's averaging 19.1 points and 7.6 assists. That's what 26 and a half 
and we're getting a line at 23 and a half. So he's gone over this line with just his points or gotten almost there with just his points. And I love the upside of the assists here. Um, and I think that you can even bet him at a double double at about plus 240 if you want to sprinkle that as well. They're all reasonable bets against this Warriors team who, you know, they're playing better lately, but I'm still not totally sold on them. I love Tyus Jones. He's it's probably awesome. one, he's a starter across the league in a lot of different spots. He impacts the game a ton. I think he's the big reason why when Jaws not on the floor, they're, they've shown that they could win games, compete in big games, and don't take too much of a dip if we're no. being completely honest. So I like that play. Jill, any comments on that before we get over to your props? I think it just speaks to why Memphis was comfortable in, in trading DeAnthony Melton. I think he's played pretty well with the Sixers now, but they knew that they had Tyus Jones on the bench who would play admirably in fill-in time and juggle between him and Melton while Jaw was out. We saw it when they would go 20-5 and five, like last year in those games without Jaw. And while they haven't gotten necessarily the same results this season, he has been uh, a guy that has been steady for that offense to be able to keep them in pace. So I think Tyus Jones, any type of over where you're looking at that, where you're getting such a skewed line, especially with how he's playing since Jaw hasn't been in the lineup, I think you want to take a look at that. Absolutely. Jill, Mike, on you. Talk to me. I know you got some three-point props for the people. Yeah, man. I'm going to be looking at that Charlotte-Detroit game, and I know that you are probably looking more at an under for that game. Uh, but with such a high total already, I think this could be a little bit of a shootout. So I'm going to be looking at a three-point prop for a guy where his arrow is really pointing up over the last uh, few weeks, and that's Jaden Ivey. I'm going to be taking over one-and-a-half three-pointers made at minus 130. And the reason why we want to take a look at Ivey is – the way that he is pacing up in this offense, he, he has three point, uh, his three point attempts have climbed each month uh, since uh, the season has started just under four. He's now up to 5.2, three point attempts since the all-star break and Sadiq Bay, he's now gone. And that's been eight total games now without Sadiq Bay. And he kind of has the green light since that spot you're seeing his assist numbers and his usage completely pick up since the Bay trade. He has two or more three pointers in five of those eight games. They played the Hornets uh, back at the beginning of February. Now Sadiq Bay was in the lineup, but still uh, Ivy went four for four uh, from three point range on them. Uh, so this Hornets defense, I know we have a little bit of a recency bias of watching them just crush your dicks, but let's, let's be real here. The, the, the Hornets defense is not good. They're, they're one of the worst in the league. They're bottom 10 in a point at three point makes uh, opponent three point shooting percentage. So I think part of the reason why we want to take Ivy as well is the, where the line is at right now. You're at the one and a half, the way that he is playing and the way that he's being involved in this offense. If he hits this over, you're not going to see a one and a half line anymore. You're going to see it at over under two and a half and maybe plus 110 to the over. And you're going to have to start looking at that angle there. So I think Jaden Ivey over one and a half is the angle we want to take against the Charlotte Hornets. JD, any thoughts? Dude, I love it. I think you nailed it, hit it right on the head because the Knicks, their offense was humming against the Hornets. Then all of a sudden, I think they just kind of ran out of gas. So this is, I love the spot. I think you're, you're looking at a good, good player that's going to want to ball out. You know, it's his rookie year. Well, in the rookie wall too, like he, I think he already kind of hit that, like, you know, mid January, yeah. you know, and, and now you're, I think the assist numbers is kind of what's really drawing me in because now he's being trusted with the ball a lot more in this offense, which means that the volume is only going to come with three point shots. Exactly. Yeah. And Dwayne Casey, like, you know, his muse, Killian Hayes has been injured. So, you know, he's getting a couple <laughs> more minutes over there. <laughs> his muse, Killian Hayes. Yeah, no, I love Jaden Ivey. Yeah, his usage has been going up. And 
he's just a young guy. They want to get him the ball as much as possible. And he's going to have the rock and he's going to have that volume that just like Jill mentioned. So, yeah, I like that. Talk to me about good old Buddy Heald. Mm, yes, against this Rockets defense that is just trash beyond belief for a three-point defense. They allow the most three-point shots, the most three-point makes, and their last in three-point shooting percentage against their opponents. Like, if there's a defensive metric that you want to look at for opponent three-point shooting, Houston's right at the bottom. It doesn't matter what angle you look at. So you're going to take Buddy Heald over three-and-a-half three-pointers at minus 115. And I've been targeting three-point props against the Rockets routinely, but the guy that you want to immediately look at in this offense, you want to look at Buddy Heald first because mainly – that's all he does. He, he he doesn't really have any type of other offense other than three-point shooting. And he's seventh in attempts per game at 8.7. He's fifth in makes per game, which is obviously the most important at 3.7. And another thing that I look at for three-point shot props is their volume and where it comes from. And, you know, the, even the best three-point shooters like a clay and Steph – most of their three-point shots, it's still about 50% of the total volume of shots, whereas with Buddy Heald, that's actually 65%. So it, it's kind of just insane of where if he's taking a shot, it's more than likely coming from behind the arc. Uh, now, for the trend crowd, you could always look at his how he plays at home. Uh, in eight of the last 10 home games, he has hit four or more three-point shots. Um, and you could kind of look at the history. We were talking about this before we came on air, too, about how some of these three-point shooters, like the volume guys who have more three-point shots per game than Buddy Heald, like a Clay, Steph, Damian Lillard, Jason Tatum, Fred Van Vliet. You know, you just look at how they fared against this Houston defense. Like they all have like double digit three point attempts, all hit at least five or more. Even Buddy Heald, they played against Houston earlier this year. He took 13 three point attempts, guys. Like he hit three of them. So obviously, you know, he wasn't able to go over his prop in this matchup. But if you're putting up 10 three point shots a game and you know that that's going to happen if they're playing against this defense, we got to look at Buddy Heald in this spot. So give me Buddy Heald over three and a half three pointers at minus 115. Yeah, when you're playing Houston, it is a true pickup game. As simple as that. If you walk, if you if turn on a Houston Rockets game, you might as well have just walked down the street to LA Fitness and watched the pickup over there. It's the exact same attitude. It's the exact same effort. They don't play defense. They're not interested. It's a true pickup game. Buddy Heald will get the volume up. Does it bother you or worry you on a potential blowout type situation right now? Indiana, uh, Indi the Indiana Pacers are minus nine, nine and a half in most markets. Of course. I mean, I think a blowout spot is always in, in, in this case, but I think you just have to look at the way that these offenses go. And the fact that, uh, like, I, I wouldn't consider the Pacers defense enough of a, a strength where uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. The, the Rockets are, because <laughs> just like you mentioned, you a pickup game, that's how the Rockets are going to play too. They're going to go fast with their pace and they're going to be hitting some three-point shots where they're going to kind of force the Pacers to have to almost play at their pace and, and I mean, teams are more than happy to oblige because at least they'll try to play a little bit of defense, whereas the Rockets just play none and they get blown out. And I think Buddy will probably have five or six three-pointers by the time we get to midway through the fourth quarter when they pull all the starters anyway. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And additionally, like in games that the Pacers have won by 10 or more, he's actually five of eight on this three and a half line. So you're kind of getting a little correlation there as well. Buddy healed, knock him down. All right. I guess I'm falling into a trap. I guess that's what it is, but I'm going to do it. I'm taking the Pistons Hornets 
under 234 and a half. This number jumped off the page to me because I've watched actually both teams because they've matched up against the Bulls and we just saw them recently. The Knicks, I, I follow both of those teams very closely. Let's talk about pace first. The Hornets are going to be automatically way slower without LaMelo Ball, and that's proved to be true since he went down. Look at that, just the last 10. They're 19th and 99 possessions per game. Pistons are right there behind them at 98.4. That's 21st in the NBA. Uh, this game feels like it's two two squads that have nothing to play for, that don't really care about what's going on. But on that flip side, the Hornets do have – Gordon Hayward, who's been playing a lot better of recently. They're a little more veteran-related. Scary Terry is considered a vet nowadays. But let's continue to talk about just the offense in general. Last 10, the Hornets are 30th in the NBA in offense. The Pistons are 26th. The Pistons are the worst net-rated team in the NBA the last 10. They're 1-9 to the under, 3-11 to the under as a favorite are the Hornets. When they last played this game on 227, the total uh, closed at 223 or ended at 223. That's what the, the total point scored in that game was. I guess I'm falling into a trap. I don't see where the offense is going to be for this number to get to 235. Jay Nivey knocks his threes down early, cashes out Jill over, to, over one and a half. We get that out of the way. But I just don't see this game being one – 120 117 I just don't see it I don't think both teams have enough up and down and offensively aren't going to be able to knock down enough shots especially on the the, the Detroit side of the rock so I'm going to go under 234 and a half in Pistons Hornets any thoughts yeah just going to be a big cardio game for those guys out there, you know, yeah. just running back and forth. I, I agree with you. You know, the Hornets already have the worst offense in the league. So you lose LaMelo Ball, you're not getting better offensively. Yeah. This game, I feel like I, when I was going through my stuff, I had this game at like 226, 227. I don't see how yeah. it gets to 235. Jill, any thoughts? I think the only thing that I thought is the only way that this game is going over is Detroit wins uh, outright as a, as a home dog. And I don't know if that's going to happen just because I I just don't really see where, like, I don't mind betting an over one and a half, but that's another reason why we didn't want to look at the over two and a half. If that was the line for Jaden Ivey, because it's just a little too much offense to be asked for in this kind of matchup where both of these teams are just limited offensively from a ceiling standpoint. Absolutely. All right. To recap, J.D. Joe Delera is going with the Knicks plus four and Tyus Jones over 23 and a half points and assists. Jill's going Jaden Ivey over one and a half, three point minus 130. Buddy Heald over three and a half, three pointers made at minus 115 for the Pacers. I'm looking at Pistons Hornets under 234 and a half over at FanDuel. Fellas, anything else before we let the people go? Best of luck, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Let's cash. Until next time, for the squad, I am your host, Sean Little, Joe Dallaire. Follow him everywhere on Twitter and on the Action Network app. Jill Gallant, the same thing. Big G Dog. Follow him on Twitter and on the Action Network app. For our people over at FanDuel holding us down with the sponsor, we always appreciate you. Until next time, get buckets, baby. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. 
If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.